This is a podcast from Minute Media. You're listening to the MLS Multiplex podcast with contributors from MLSMultiplex.com. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the MLS Multiflex Podcast. As usual, it's Drew here with Josh and Connor coming at you from three different locations talking about MLS. So thanks again for tuning in, talking about a wild couple games, a double week game in MLS, um, right? Is that how you say it? Double game week in MLS. <laughs> yes, yes, a double week there game. We Two weeks a in one game. A double week game. <laughs> Sometimes watching these games, that's what it feels like. But a double game week in MLS. So we have a lot of games to talk about. But life has continued to rumble on school, life in general, procrastinating on projects, texting your podcast mates way too late trying to get their help on school. So it's been a fun week. But Josh, aside from helping me out on my school project, how has your week been? How's, have you been playing any pickup soccer lately? I have. I played uh, just last night, actually, recording this on a Thursday night. We played last Wednesday night, and I scored four times, which was nice because I haven't scored more than a single goal in a game in probably a month. been going through a little bit of a, a rough patch as far as scoring, so it felt good to to put a couple chances away in and in pick up last night. But other than that, not much, not much different going on in my life uh still teaching the youths teaching band nah that's gone fine um been a, it's been a battle against the weather just about every single afternoon that we have to rehearse after school uh that's when it decides to rain for the day so just tonight as well i think we've got another hurricane coming through i don't even know it's been rainy for like two days and it's supposed to continue to rain for the next three days so who knows how that will affect uh, some of our outdoor rehearsal time. But other than that, not too much crazy going on. Um, we did not get an episode in last week because I I think what it was is I took out one of my AirPods and it stopped the recording. And uh, unbeknownst to me. So I'm going to be checking in a lot <laughs> into my audio to make sure it's still going. And I'm not removing a single headphone until we are done. I'm not running that risk again. So that was so unfortunate. If you want to try to catch up on what we kind of recorded last week, go to my Twitter. I did like a, t- a 10 tweet thread about the United States men's national team and why we should play MLS players for World Cup qualifiers instead of the uh, European based players. Uh, it was a nice rant, probably the best rant I've ever had in my life, and no one will ever hear it. So closest thing you'll get is that Twitter thread, unfortunately. But Connor, school is back in full swing for you. I think it's been two and a half weeks now, uh, two weeks, somewhere around there. Uh, So I'm sure you've been pretty busy with that. But besides school and I guess along with school, how how have you been? Decent. Okay. Very stressed. Uh, I'm uploading a podcast as we speak, editing. Uh, I just finished editing. Uh, So... That's a thing. Um, but yeah, just continuing to g- 
grind, uh, I guess, and try to continue forward <laughs> with a full schedule and three days of hell. Uh, that is my schedule, but again, that's my own personal issues, uh, my own doing. Uh, but we're here, we're talking sports, we're talking soccer, and thankfully not my team because they suck. But Drew, you've had the eventful day uh, from the sounds of it. What happened? Are you? I assume you're referring to when I texted Josh way too late yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yeah. yeah it was yesterday. So essentially, what happened? I had an assignment due at five o'clock today. I got in on time, but I did not have my sources, and I needed two of them. And I said, "Wait a second. The story was about youth coaches and youth sports and COVID. To shorten it, I said, "Oh crap! Josh coached soccer for a couple of minutes that one time." So I texted Josh. It was like, "Hey, I need your help," and he graciously helped me out. So I got the assignment in. Which was nice, but school has been going uh, about a month into school now. I have about three months left until I maybe walk across the stage and get an expensive piece of paper. Who knows what's going to happen in three months, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Thursdays are usually pretty chill days. Tuesdays are the worst days in the world for me. So once I get past Tuesday, it's pretty relaxed. And yeah, another home football game here in Athens, Georgia gets South Carolina, so that kind of affects my life and what I do on Saturdays. It's a night game, so I get to enjoy my Saturday morning. I've been playing a lot of golf lately. I played my first actual golf game. I don't want to say what I shot, nor do I really remember what I shot. 100 what? It was 100 and what? I want to say 122. <laughs> Not good, dude. I didn't get last, though, in my group, though, so that was good. I think the, the there were only three of us, so group probably isn't accurate, but the first place guy shot like a 108, I think. Was, was this then, a full 72, whole, uh, 72 course? Was that the par? I think so. It was definitely a full 18, so I'm going to assume 72. That sounds right now, 122, 72. That seems right. Yeah, I'm not good at golf. Yeah, 50 over. That sounds right. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Love that. Yeah. So that was fun. Uh, maybe maybe I'll get better. Maybe I won't. Who knows? But golf was fun. Soccer is fun. The U.S. women just won nine to nothing. So that's cool, I guess. Um, Not as yeah. cool as Canada's women, though. You win one gold medal and you think you're on top of the world. <laughs> well, we are. So, you know, gold medal, World Cup, eh, you know. Back to back World Cups. It's fine. It's fine. Not making it even to the silver medal. Third place, bronze. After winning the World Cup. Two years ago. Not our fault the World Cup's only every four years. They're trying to change it to two years. Have you guys been seeing that stuff going around? It's pretty yeah. nuts. Yes, That's and it's wild. dumb. And a money-making venture. Yes. Yep, everything's but about money. What do, we, what do we expect from FIFA? I feel like that's par for the course at this point. Tying good it back pun. to golf. The good pun. Yes. Why don't you tell us about our sponsor so we can dive into this episode uh, and I can go and lie in bed. <laughs> yes, we love sleep, we love golf, and we love Manscaped and Manscaped's newest product, the Lawnmower 4.0. That was a great transition. You're welcome, Manscaped. The Lawnmower 4.0, which is included in Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0, which the package includes the Weed Whacker, which is waterproof, so you can shave in the shower for privacy and ease of cleaning. And we have a special offer for our listeners. You can get the Performance Package 4.0, 
for 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Again, that is FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com to get Manscaped's newest product, the Performance Package 4.0, which includes a lawnmower 4.0 and the Weed Whacker. So highly encourage you guys to take advantage of that awesome offer that only fan-sided listeners get to take advantage of. So guys, we had a lot of MLS games to talk about. We have a lot of teams to talk about because of the double game week. I'm going to get that right by the end of this episode. The double game weeks, we have a lot to cover. And we're going to jump on one team that we talk about a lot. This team gets a lot of airtime on this podcast. Not for good for reasons, good reason. though. Well, yes, for good reason, because they're a tire fire of an organization. And do we have to talk about them first? The pain is still flowing through my body from the weekend. They're first on the podcast, so I think we just need to rip the Band-Aid off. After All this, right. it only gets better from here, we think. Well, yeah, it does get better for you, but we'll get into that reason later. Let's talk about Miami, because obviously that's who we are referring to. They beat my beloved Toronto FC uh, over the weekend in, shall we say, controversial fashion. Uh, they That shouldn't nef- never have been a win, but, you know, uh, I digress. They've lost once in the last 11 games, which was a 2-0 loss to NYCFC on August 14th. They're currently 8th, but have one game in hand, uh, and are playing Nashville, which is tough opponent, but they're playing them tomorrow night. Oh, I lied. They're playing the Red Bulls tomorrow night. Whoops. They're playing the Red Bulls tomorrow night, which is a much easier opponent. They will, I assume, have Nashville in the game after that, though. Yes, the week, oh, we Wednesday, this upcoming Wednesday, so six days, they have Nashville. Okay, are they legit? Because they've played a lot of Toronto, Cincinnati, Chicago, and rightfully won against them but do you actually think they're good nope i don't no i've been thinking about this because you know we're not the first uh group of people to discuss miami and this hot run that they're on and you know they are so close to being um into the playoffs currently eighth very close but the reason why i don't think they're that good is is, I mean, you just look at their recent results. It's a 1-0 win to Toronto, which, uh, like Connor said, probably shouldn't have been a win. It took a stoppage time penalty to win. In fairness to them, they didn't have Gonzalo Higuain. All right. With Gonzalo Higuain, they only beat Columbus at home 1-0. With Gonzalo Higuain, they only beat Cincinnati on the road 1-0. With Gonzalo Higuain again, they drew Orlando 0-0. That's their last four games alone. Now, before that... They did play uh, Toronto and beat them 3-1, and they beat Chicago before that 3-2. But that was that seemed kind of like a fluke, in my opinion. And now that they've been facing slightly tougher teams, they're having trouble winning. But they are winning. I mean, fair to them. You know, they're getting results. But it's not going to get easy for them coming up. They do have Red Bulls, like we said, and they can probably, should probably beat Red Bulls. But after that, it's Nashville, it's Atlanta, it's Portland, uh, Red Bulls again, Columbus again. So I'm I'm just not convinced. These 1-0 wins are not doing it for me. Um, and I, I mean, full credit to Phil Neville. He's done a fantastic job with getting this team to pull together and head into the right direction and to trend upwards. And, you know, they're finally in a position to where they can compete for a playoff spot. And, you know, it's MLS, so they could easily get one of these playoff spots. So 
you know, full credit to them, but I am not convinced. I am not convinced yet that this is something that can be consistent. Also, while they have done a pretty good job of, of managing someone like Gonzalo Higuain's fitness, he's not the only sort of older player. I mean, you have to worry about a player like Blaise Matuidi, although, again, I think they've done a pretty good job of rotating these guys and keeping them rested and keeping them out of the picture. But I think that could possibly come back to bite them. Matuidi also started on the bench against Toronto FC and came on in like the 82nd minute. So they didn't have him for the TFC game too. In fairness to them, Drew, I want to get your analysis before I ask you the theme of this episode, um, which we'll do for every team that we mention. This will probably end up being a shorter episode as well, uh, but it'll be different than usual. And I think changing things up is good, but what do you think of inner Miami? Do you think they're actually legit or do you think that this, their success is just uh, the credit of playing some very bad teams recently? I am with Josh on this one. I do not think they're very legit. The only win I think that really sticks out as impressive was unfortunately against the beloved boys in gold in Nashville, but it was off a set piece. And if there's one thing Nashville can't do, it's defend on set pieces. But besides that, getting beat by NYC, NYCFC, um, a decent win over Montreal in July, but that was a long time ago. Um, no, I don't think they are legit. I think just this schedule has very much benefited them. And to their credit, they're playing bad teams and they're beating them. So they had a pretty favorable hunk of the schedule here. And I think they are taking advantage of that. I'm not going to spoil my answer to the next question, but... Like Josh said, it doesn't get much easier from here. And leaning toward a little more toward the future, it's probably the hardest possible task to end the season, which if they're in the position they're currently in, that is not good. But kind of the entire Eastern Conference, right, in that little, where you want to make the cutoff line, I think you could say 10 to 4 or 5-ish range is just a massive crapshoot right now. Because Miami right now, before we record this ahead of their Red Bull game, if they win, they go from 8th to tied with NYCFC. They would be 5th because they'd be behind NYCFC on goal differential. So if they win, it's kind of, oh, they can host a playoff game. But I think it's only going to get worse from here. So I don't think they're legit. I think they had a pretty favorable schedule there. They played some bad teams. I mean, you look at the teams they played, Toronto, Cincinnati, Chicago, or the bottom three. Columbus is number 10, which if you'd said before the season that Miami was going to beat Columbus, I think that would have been very impressive, but we know Columbus is kind of a dumpster fire as well. Uh, yeah, I think I don't think they're legit yet. Um, they have opportunities to prove this wrong, though, so that's good for them, but I don't think they're legit. All right, and let's, uh, let me ask the question that is the theme, as I said, of this episode. Uh and I think I know what both of your answers are going to be. So maybe we don't spend a ton of time on this because uh, I think they're going to be similar. But are Inter-Miami making the playoffs? No. Nope. Because All right. Because the oh, analysis, analysis here, because it's going to come down to decision day and they pay, play the best team in the league, my beloved New England Revolution. Who... But could I, rest players. But I think they will still be fighting because they're going to want to break that points record. They're going to want to break LAFC's I didn't even think about points that. record, which they are what on pace to do. I think it's 72 points. 
They got nine games to get 17 points. Yeah, that's a possible 27 points. It's very doable. But because it's MLS and, you know, I, I just think it's going to be closer than we might think it is. Like, I, I think it will come down to those last couple weeks. But even then, look at who they have to play before decision day. Miami has to play NYCFC. So that and even before that, Atlanta United. So the last three games are going to be somewhat difficult. So that might be a make or break stretch for Miami. Personally, I don't even think it's going to get to that point. I just don't, like I said, I don't think these 1-0 wins are uh, repeatable going forward. And there's going to be a lot of opponents that they're going to be facing a a few times. Um, Like they play Red Bulls twice. They play Atlanta United twice. They have to travel all the way to Portland. They have to play Columbus and Cincinnati again. Like we said, uh, NYCFC, New England. I just don't think, I just don't think they'll be able to beat those kinds of teams a second time or a third time, depending on who they're playing. So I don't think it'll come down to the end. All right, let's go from one team that is thriving to another team which is diving in the Philadelphia Union. That was Ninth good. in the standings, two straight losses, just got bounced out of CCL by Club America. Oh, I didn't even see that. That's sad. What is happening? Why are they falling apart? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that Philadelphia are falling apart, although I think it is a bit surprising that they're, you know, so far down in the standings. Now, like Drew was saying, the East, the Eastern Conference is a crapshoot right now between positions four and ten. And Philadelphia just so happened to fit into that um into that area, right? They're in ninth. I I mean, it just comes down to replacing players like Brendan Aronson and Mark McKenzie, right? I mean, who 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 has filled those positions for them? Really nobody. Nobody Lesnes? has taken over. Uh, but he was kind of playing for them last year. And if it's not Glesnes... What Glesnes, Jack Elliott then? That, that was a nice three center back rotation they had going last year. And, you know, maybe Glesnes is, you know, Glesnes is good, but maybe he's just not the same type of player as Mark McKenzie. I think the more um, important hole in that lineup is what Brendan Aronson did for them. Uh, They just don't have that spark. They don't have that energy. And on top of that, you have players like Jose Martinez, who, you know, struggles to stay on the field in terms of getting his yellow cards and red cards and the kind of player he is. Um, And he's been away on international duty a lot this year as well with Venezuela. Um, and then a player like Jumiro Montero, who is literally their number 10 and is one of their rare DPs, uh, for a while, it looked like he was going to get a transfer and then it didn't happen. And he missed a lot of time with this team. So I think this is just a team that's kind of in, in transition right now, because you don't have the next crop of young players to come through and replace players like Brandon Aronson and Mark McKenzie yet, because they do have lots of young players like Quinn Sullivan and Paxton Aronson and Anthony Fontana, who I do think over time will come good. I mean, I I do think they will end up being good MLS players at the least, but right now they're not at that stage. And because of that, and because of some, you know, you know, players like Montero and, um, Martinez, who've been a little uh, a little stagnant this year in terms, you know, they kind of plateaued a little bit. I think that's where Philadelphia's missing. And also, uh, they don't have any goal scorers. <laughs> Their strikers, Corey Burke, Sergio Santos, Anthony Fontana, Casper Shabilko, believe they have a combined 14 goals, which uh, Ola Kamara alone has 16. Raul Ruiz Diaz alone has 14. Ricardo Pepe has 12. 
And Philadelphia's entire striker court has 14. So they're not getting enough production out of that position. So I think that's hurting them a lot as well. So I don't know if they're necessarily in a free fall right now or, you know, we should be super worried. Um, but this is not the same team that won Supporters Show a year ago. He's right. Yeah, sorry. I took a lot <laughs> of that. That's all I got. <laughs> he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> but they're one, they're one couple, couple lucky bounces away from getting right back up there and the games as i pull up philadelphia union's remaining oh shoot oh it could be worse they end the season with nycfc josh could you see philadelphia coming down to decision day for a magical spot in the postseason uh let me see let me pull up there's orlando city and atlanta up next you know again this is the whole issue with the Eastern Conference being a complete crapshoot right now. Um, they could beat Orlando. They could beat Atlanta. They should beat Red Bulls. They should beat Columbus, Cincinnati. You know, Minnesota. I don't think. I don't think Philadelphia fans should be worried. I think their schedule is pretty easy going forward. If we're being honest, they do have NYCFC. They do have Nashville. Um, outside of that, though, I don't really see any teams that are super threatening in the long run. But will their players, you know, be able to turn it on is what it comes down to. Again, they've had so much roster turnover and they have all these young players that aren't really ready yet that will they be able to step up and win these games down the stretch? So I I, I don't know. I, I'm not worried about them just yet. And like you said, Drew, a win could change things immediately. What, what do you think? You think they could... I don't know if it'll necessarily come out decision day, but do you think they can manage their schedule going forward? Do you think they can win the necessary amount of points to be comfortable? No. Because Orlando City is going to be tough. Atlanta United is tough. And let's see, is that game at... Okay, that game is in Philadelphia, so that is big. They end the season with Toronto, unfortunately. Connor, that's three. No, they end the season with MICFC. I didn't scroll far enough. Um... They get two favorable games with Toronto and Cincinnati before the NYCFC game. Minnesota, I think, is going to be fighting and scratching. Nashville's going to be fighting for a home playoff game. I, uh, you know what? I am going to, I'm going to, no, I don't think so. I think they'll finish in eighth. Ooh, so no playoffs for Philadelphia. No playoffs, no playoffs. Sorry, Jim, you dress fresh, but your team sucks at soccer this year. So both of you don't think they're making the playoffs then? Yeah, I thought I was going to be bold by saying that I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs, but Drew's Drew's thinking the same way. Um, I guess based on the way the standings are now with Miami and Philadelphia on the outside looking in, I guess this is how we think it's going to finish. But if, you know, knowing this league means anything at all, we know that it's not going to look like this. Columbus making the playoffs. (laughs) And then at the expense of who? Is Atlanta not going to make the playoffs? Is Montreal not going to make the playoffs? Is DC not going to make the playoffs? I I do agree with you, though. I I don't think Philadelphia can get the job done. I don't think they're... Uh, You know what? Scratch that. I do think Philadelphia is going to make the playoffs. All right. Well, now that we have a traitor, I guess, on his opinion. Uh, (laughs) Differing opinion? (laughs) Differing opinion. There we go. Uh... (laughs) I'm tired, okay? Let's go to your club, because I think you guys will probably want to talk a lot about it. Exactly, that's the problem <laughs> with you, Drew. Um, both of your clubs, we'll put it that way, 
the one that Josh has tattooed on his arm. <laughs> Atlanta United. They're winners in six of their last seven. They're above the playoff to, up above the playoff line. Just beat Orlando three nothing. Cincinnati four nothing. They face DC on Saturday at home. What do you have to say about your team? Ezekiel Barco is playing like the guy that we paid for him. He's been pretty disappointing the whole time, I feel like. He had a decent run there for a second. It's kind of felt like it's just been bad break after bad break for Barco. He had a good run of form. Then he had to go to the U-20s World Cup with Argentina. I think he got hurt in that or something like that. He came back. It wasn't the same. Um, and then he had some weird off-the-field locker room weird situations, but whatever. And he's just never felt like he's been the player that, what, $15 million Atlanta United's been for him. But lately, he has, what, two goals in the past two games. Um, really good goal against Orlando, and then a free kick against Cincinnati. That kind of just made it 4-0, not even close. So I think it's been a massive thing of Joseph having players around him that are game-changing attackers. You have Barco, Araujo. Araujo has been really impressive since coming to the team. He finally got that goal last game against Cincinnati, which we'll talk more about. But I just think it's a deal of the attacking it's just felt normal again he had joseph has players to play off of um he's getting service and he scored twice against cincinnati so to me it's just a matter of joseph has players around him and he's a game-changing player himself so when you have talent like that around him and he's one of those guys where you just give him the ball let him work um so i think atlanta just has a lot of weapons on the attack that are clicking and defenses just have to pick their poison and try to defend one of them, and that doesn't work, so they score three or four goals against you. So it's been a fun time in Atlanta, obviously a big game on Saturday, which we will talk about, but I think it's this key to their success has been having players around Joseph that can attack and put the ball in the back of the net, get in the final third, and create some madness. Josh, as someone, did you go to the game, right? I, did you I, go to the game yesterday? No, I was busy scoring in my own game. Oh, wow. Okay, Joseph Martin. I, I almost went because tickets were literally $9. Yeah, I saw some $6 tickets earlier in the day. I know. I was a little late to the game. I was being upcharged, paying $9 for an Atlanta United game. I didn't go, though, because I don't know why. But it was a Wednesday night. That's why. I had literally <laughs> anything else to do. I didn't get to watch the game either because it was blacked out, so maybe I should have gone. But, Josh... What has been the key for you for Atlanta United? Is it the fact that they're scoring three, four goals a game or the fact that uh, Mr. Brad Guzan over there is keeping clean sheets all the time? Okay, well, it's easy for Brad Guzan to keep clean sheets when the teams they face are terrible. So let's not give him too much credit, okay? (laughs) Um, No, so I, I did go to the game on Friday night. I didn't go on Wednesday night. And what really impressed me... I I can't explain it if I'm being completely honest with you. Um, So I went with a friend on Friday night and uh, she hadn't been to a game in years, not since 2019. That'd been the only game she'd ever been to. She doesn't follow the team super close. I was like, Hey, like don't get your hopes up about the team. Like they've been, you know, up and down this year. Uh, We don't know what we could get. And Atlanta United came out and played literally their best game of soccer since the Philadelphia Union playoff game in 2019. 
in October of 2019. So it's been two years since they played a game like that and the way they beat Orlando. Orlando never stood a chance. And this was a, a nearly first, like a nearly full strength Orlando lineup. The only player they were missing was Pedro Gallese in goal. Uh, they had everybody else. They had DK, they had Nani, they had uh, Benji Michelle. I mean, you name it. That player was out there, made an appearance. Um, and they did it without Joseph Martinez and Miles Robinson because both those guys were coming back from international duty last Friday. So it was a really impressive win from Atlanta. And, you know, you get a little worried about can they take care of business against Cincinnati. That ended up being no problem. Uh, I honestly, I don't really know what it is. I do think, though, that we need to give way more credit to Rob Valentino. And that's not to say that no credit's been given to him because everyone, you know, they praise the job he did in the interim. And uh, the fans have been very appreciative of him and his time as interim coach. But he's the one who set this ball rolling. Gonzalo Pineda himself, he said, I'm not going to really change anything. And so just full credit to Valentino for letting the players enjoy playing soccer again. That, that, that seems to be the biggest thing to me. They look happy. Um, they look like they're enjoying what they're doing. And that has bred into confidence and that has bred into success. And for players like Barco, Joseph, as he's finally getting back to himself, um, it's made it easy for new players like Aruju uh, to get acclimated into the squad so much easier. Marcelino Moreno looks like a completely different player um, from just at the beginning of the season. So I think they're hitting their stride at the right time. Is it sustainable? We're about to find out. Uh, they still don't really have a midfield. And that kind of freaks me out. But uh, they're they're missing some players due to injury. So as those players come back, we'll we'll see what happens. But I can't really put a finger on what it is. But just trying to enjoy it while it lasts. Quickly, before I ask the magic question, you mentioned Rob Valentino. Do you think it was a mistake that they didn't hire him permanently? No, because he's still on staff with Pineda. So he's still around the team. And I think he still is helping with morale and has an effect on the squad in that manner. Uh, but no, I, I think Pineda, now that he's had a chance to do some tactical things with the team, I mean, you already see a big difference. His first game in charge, which I think he only had a week with the team, lost to Nashville 2-0 at home. They could not break down Nashville's defense whatsoever. Now, if they were to play Nashville tomorrow night, I do think they would do better just because I feel like Pineda's been able to get some of his tactics across to the team. Uh, an example of that is the team is scoring on set pieces, which has not happened in a long time. Another example is the defense has been a lot stronger and I feel a lot more organized. They've been moving away from Gabriel Heinz's man marking into a more zonal system. And so I think we're finally starting to see the effects of what Pineda can bring to the table from a tactical perspective, because he brings a similar, um, a similar vibe to the table when it comes to morale and caring about his players, very similar to, to Valentino. But that, that tactical edge, I think, is starting to shine through a little more. All right. And now the magic question before we jump to your arch rivals. Will Atlanta United make the playoffs? Yippers. Because they play a lot of games at home. And as I pull up the wonderful standings brought to you by Manscaped. Hold on one second here, folks. DC United's a big game. They end the season. Oh, yes. Oh, goodness, yes. Their last four games, Miami, Toronto, Red Bull, Cincy. 
those are going to be important games, and they have good opponents to do it in. Miami in Atlanta, Toronto in Atlanta, Red Bulls at Red Bull, ugh. Cincinnati in Cincinnati, but does that really matter? I don't think so. So yes, they will, because they play a lot of home games against below-the-table teams, and I think that is going to be an advantage for them. So I think they will, in fact, make the playoffs after that really, really horrendous start. Josh, do you think you'll be going to any playoff games this year? Well, they have a home playoff game in addition are they going to make the playoffs? I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I sure hope so. Um, <laughs> I I want to say yes that Atlanta's going to make the playoffs. I can't in full confidence because it's an Atlanta team. And yeah, I mean, Red Bulls suck, but they always cause problems for Atlanta. And yeah, Toronto suck, but they always cause problems for Atlanta. So it's true. Toronto's got Atlanta's number when it comes to, to, to facing off against each other. I can't confidently say yes i will say this they should make the playoffs with the talent that they have adding lisa ruju and the way barco has started to perform and with joseph coming i mean you know the list goes on and on and on miles george bellow alan franco starting to look better every game um they should they should make the playoffs i don't really know if they will but <laughs> it would be uh it would be really embarrassing if they didn't all right let's go to your arch rivals now your arch Cincinnati, arch yeah, <laughs> yes. the worst, the best offensive, worst defensive team in MLS. If you're a Cincinnati fan, Orlando, they've had a horrible couple of games. Uh, obviously, the nanny red card is going to hurt them in their next match. They've lost to Atlanta with a full strength lineup, as I just mentioned. They lost to Montreal four to two last night, as we're recording this. Uh, they had a horrible couple games before that, uh, just barely beating Columbus and tying Miami and beating Chicago barely. What is going wrong with Orlando? Are they still a top team in the East? Uh, if you remember, they used to be one of the top three teams in the East and we we're having that conversation. Uh, but what's going wrong with them? I think, you know, it's obviously last game was bad because I didn't get to watch the Atlanta United game. That was the game I got the wonderful privilege of watching Nani Sin off in like 20 minutes. That was pretty hilarious. But I think it's been a rough two games for Orlando City. Honestly, you could probably say a rough last, man, oh gosh, this has been a bad stretch. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's been rough, but... I think I can confidently say Orlando City is going to make the playoffs. I think the only thing that Orlando is fighting for right now is getting a home playoff game, which if I am understanding the MLS standings right, you need to be in the top four to get a home playoff game. One seed gets a bye. That one seed is locked up. It's going to be the revolution. Um, So they're just fighting for two, three, four right now. They're currently in third uh, with a game in hand over NYCFC. So they're three points behind Nashville, three points ahead of NYCFC. So I think, you know, it's a rough two-game stretch for Orlando City, but I don't know if I'm too worried about them. I think they do have the Revolution twice, Nashville twice, D.C., that's going to be a big one, Philadelphia next. 
The thing Orlando City has going against them is that they have a very rough end to their season. They end the season on the road at Montreal. So I don't know what stadium that is. I don't think it's Orlando's, though. But Stats to Puto? Yes. Is that Montreal? That's Montreal. They ended in Montreal. Then after playing, oh, on Halloween, they host Nashville. I didn't know we had Halloween games this year. Wonderful. Um, so... The thing they have going against them is that this is a rough schedule. They play the best team in the league twice. They play another top three team in Nashville twice. D.C. is going to be a big deal. They are easy. They do get Cincinnati once, but they're easiest besides Cincinnati, Montreal, and Columbus. And Columbus, while we like to say they're really bad, they're just like one Zillerion freak performance away from tearing somebody up. So... that The thing about Orlando City, it was a rough stretch... And it's not so much that the world is falling around them, but if they get into these playoffs and have to go on the road to open it up, that's going to be really bad. Like you said, Connor, considering where we saw them not too long ago as a top two, top three team in the Eastern Conference, and the schedule is not doing them any favors. Between that, Atlanta getting hot and the Revs running away with it. Nashville's just been consistently plucking away there. I think their problem is their schedule is very difficult from here on out, and it's going to be rough holding on to a top-four spot to host the playoff game. Um, Josh, what do you think about Orlando's run, or where do you see them ending this regular season going into the playoffs? Yeah, rough couple of games, son. Rough couple of games, and I think... um, Losing to Montreal at home in the fashion that they did with the Nani red card is just... I mean, he's... Coming coming back from 2-0 down, I think. And ending the game with nine men, if I remember right. Both of those things are correct. I mean, it shows the fight that the team still has, and I think Oscar Pereja has instilled a very strong culture into the team in the last um, year, last year and a half. Uh, but I don't know. It, it's really going to... I think it's going to hinge on their next game. Um, which is at Philadelphia this Sunday. Um, because with Philadelphia and Nashville coming up I, and New England, oof, I, I think I'm with Drew on this. I mean, if they can't get at least five points from these next three games, I would say, I would say honestly that I think Orlando may be in danger of not making the playoffs. And I say that because just looking at the standings, they are only six points ahead of Philadelphia in ninth. And that's a, I mean, that's a six point game coming up on Sunday. If they lose to Philadelphia, then all of a sudden they are, they don't have that big gap. And then with these teams that are on fire, like Atlanta and Montreal and Miami. And like you said, Columbus is still right there, even though they feel like they're out of it. I, I, depending on how Orlando plays Philadelphia and they do have a week off, um, until they play, or uh, six days until they play New England, and that's on the road. Man, all these road games, that's rough for Orlando. I have a feeling that we'll have a very clear idea of where Orlando stands when we do our podcast episode two weeks from now, because that'll be the day after they play Nashville on the road. So we'll have a very clear idea of those three games. And I think this is a make-or-break stretch for them coming up. But Right now, there are some very early warning signs, some very early red flags to where, personally, I'm concerned about whether or not they can make 
the playoffs. And they're they're comfortable right now, kind of, barely. There's enough of a cushion right now to where they can afford to lose a couple games and still still be in the thick of it. But kind of like Miami, too, they've been struggling lately with scoring. That has not been the, the easiest thing for them, and they really had to fight and claw their way back against Montreal uh, with, with, the, with the red card and whatnot. Didn't score against Atlanta. Um, didn't score against Miami. They handled Columbus fine, but that's, you know, it's Columbus. But so, uh, yeah, this, this next stretch, man, this is, I think it's make or break time for Orlando coming up. All right. I now want to make or break answer from you two. Will Orlando make the playoffs? Yes or no? Yes, they will not host a playoff game, though. Because I have Philadelphia making the playoffs, I guess this is the team that I'm knocking out from this from the seven. Aww. So I'm gonna say Orlando's not making the playoffs. We need to put buttons in our show, like crowd applause, crowd <laughs> laughter, and stuff like that. I can do that. Yeah, he's got effect. He's got sound effects on on lock. Oh yeah, I like you it. know he's got them up. With the mixer I have, I do have a soundboard, which I can actually do that live. But uh, that won't <laughs> be today. That will be another day if that ever happens, because I may not just I just may not be bothered. I can uh, do it with my mouth. That might be kind of fun. <laughs> I'll make my not, own. No, we're not going to do that. We're instead going to take a very quick ad break so I can grab a charger for my phone, which is about to die. So we Aww. will be right back. <laughs> And we are back from our short break to talk more games. What game are we talking about? We're not talking about any games. What? Teams. Do I need to do this? Talking about RSL. That's what we're talking about. All right, let's dive into RSL. Uh, (laughs) They're managerless currently. Uh, Two wins, three losses in their last five. Currently sixth in the West, two points above the playoffs playoff line. What do you guys think of RSL? I think they're hanging in there, and I'm proud of them. <laughs> um, now, for real, they, they're yeah. I mean, they're hanging. You know, like I, they could very easily just roll over, and you know, no owner now, no manager, a manager that left them for another team in their own conference, a team that they are technically battling for. You know, you know, to be in the playoffs with, and could potentially face in the playoffs, which that would be very spicy. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're doing a a good enough job of staying in there. They had an insane win over San Jose last night. As we're recording this on a Thursday night, uh, they beat San Jose four to three. Uh, Trophy's hat trick could not stop Real Salt Lake from coming away with the win. An impressive performance by them, for sure. And I believe that game was in San Jose, so even more impressive that they were able to to get business done. But, yeah, they, you know, teams like, for them, uh, Vancouver, I would even lump in LAFC with that as well. I mean, these are these are teams that are, they've been going through a roller coaster of a season. And so I would just say props to RSL for hanging in and, and still staying above the playoff line. Um, I need to see what their upcoming schedule is because that could be a real determinant Not of good. what they've got going on. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Yikes. Okay. Um, <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna find out about Real Salt Lake and if they can handle the rest of the season because Seattle, Portland, LA galaxy are the next three games. And then after that, Austin, Colorado, Chicago, a little bit easier, although that Colorado game should be 
pretty difficult. Yeah, I don't know about Salt Lake. Um, but so far, so good. Like I said, props to them for being in sixth and two points above the playoff line is, a you know, decent, better than one point, I guess. Um, and for them to be doing it without a, a full-time manager is pretty impressive. Drew, what do you make of Real Salt Lake? Two wins in their last five. They do have those three losses, but again, they are above the playoff line, which impressive in its own way, I suppose. Yeah, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there with just because even going back toward the beginning of the season where we had our predictions, no one really predicted RSL to be in this spot at all. And then you add on the nonsense with the owner, the craziness with the coach, which that is the team they face next Saturday playing Seattle. So that's not great. And I think it's just going to get really hard. You got Seattle, Portland, the Galaxy. They do have Austin. Colorado's good. Chicago's Chicago. Dallas, San Jose, Portland, and they end with the best team in the Western Conference, SKC. So it's a rough stretch there. I bad times, bad times, and I it's it was a it's been a battle I think for RSL just from the low expectations and then the craziness with the front office and coaches. So I think it's a rough sledding, and I think at the end of the season I think they'll just look back on this as a really a really valiant effort. But unfortunately, between this and crazy scheduling, it's not going to be enough. So if you score good on them for coming back in San Jose, but I think that's more of what San Jose did bad than it is what RSL did good. Um, yeah, and this is after getting smacked by Vancouver 4-1. to So I don't have high hopes for RSL to end the season. All right, let's ask the theme of this episode. Are RSL going to make the playoffs? Nope. No. Don't think so. Just don't think they can get it done. They don't have the talent, and not having a manager, I mean, has to be rough. But Rubio Rubin, though, this is like his season, though. That came out of nowhere. He's having a good season. Scored two goals against San Jose, I think. I think he scored the game winner. Yeah. Good season for him. Yeah, but same time, I don't think he is a... He's just not a strong enough player to change the game on his own, right? He's not a Carlos Vela. He's not a Raul Ruiz Diaz. He's not a Joseph Martinez. Maybe he could be. He could prove to be over the stretch of the, you know, this home stretch of the season, but I won't be holding my breath. All right, and let's go on our first leg of borderline the worst road trip you could have in the West. Portland. Used to be one of the top teams in the East. Uh, A team that we looked at as being a lock. Uh, to make the playoffs every year. But they're sort of faltering this season. They're fifth in the West, only three points above uh, the cutoff line. They have three wins, a draw, and a loss in their last five, uh, that loss being 3-1 to one to Austin, which is Ish, and then drawing to SKC 1-1. What do you guys think of Portland? Obviously, they're starting to get players back from injury. Um, do you think that'll have enough of an impact that it'll secure their spot in the playoffs? Or do you think they're faltering too much this season? I think they're going to end up being just fine. Getting Sebastian Blanco back and getting Yaroslav Niazgoda back uh, should help them. Losing Eric Williamson is obviously a big blow, but that hasn't been an issue um, in their last two wins. Or, yeah, two wins. And they did have the draw last night against um, Colorado at home with a Sebastian Blanco goal at the death, down a man. Uh, so just based on last night's result alone, 
um, and kind of in the context of this recent five-game stretch they've had, I think Portland are going to be okay. I think they'll make the playoffs. I know we're jumping. I'm jumping ahead there in terms of the question or whatever, but you spoiled uh, it. No, man. <laughs> um, I'm I'm not really worried about them. Maybe not in the same way that other people are worried about them. Again, losing Eric Williamson is big, and I think that could come back to haunt them a little later down the road, maybe in the playoffs, uh, assuming they get there. But yeah, I'm not as worried. You know, it was easy to write them off after getting embarrassed by Seattle at home, losing six two. You know, it was easy to say and to be worried about Portland. But this is MLS, man. Things can swing quickly. And that is exactly what has happened. Because if I am not mistaken, I believe that loss against Seattle came right before the loss to Austin, which was six games ago, seven games ago. So for Portland to only lose once in that stretch, which was to Austin, uh, not bad. I mean, losing to Austin itself is pretty embarrassing. But maybe that was the wake-up call they needed. Maybe that was the kind of slap in the face, you know, taste of reality for Portland to be like, wait a minute, we're better than this. We're a better team than this. We know how to win. We know how to be successful in this league. And so maybe that was kind of the wake-up call they needed to push for the playoffs and really turn their season around. But yeah, it's not it's not kind of, you know, it's not really what we expected, I think, out of them this year, but I'm not really worried about them. All right, Drew, I want you to go and Jump ahead as well, like Josh did, and give us your prediction of whether or not they will make the playoffs right at the end of your analysis. I think they have... So their next three games, right? LAFC, RSL, LAFC, the two teams that are right behind them in this crapshoot of the Western Conference. So these next three games are going to be really big. They got LAFC on Sunday in Providence Park. We know what that atmosphere is like. It's tough to play in. RSL at Providence Park, and they go to L.A. So if they can get at least five points out of these next three games, that would be huge for, right, is my math right? At least five points. If they can get six, that would be ideal. If they can get seven, oh, my goodness. If they can at least get five points out of these next three games, I think I'll be much more confident in saying they'll make the playoffs and I think they will do that. So I do think they'll make the playoffs. I think they'll get hot at the right time. I feel confident in them. Injuries suck, but they're starting to get a little healthier. They're not going to be a full fitness for the rest of the season because Eric Williamson, like we've talked about a lot. But these next three games are going to be really big. Two of them are at home. I like that. And they got Miami after that at home. So I think they have a really good opportunity to kind of separate themselves from the pack right now in these next three games. I think they're going to do that. So I think they will make the playoffs. I don't think they'll host a playoff game, though. I think they're going to finish in this 5-6-7 range. I just want to throw out there that I believe, I fully believe that Portland will get six points from their next three games, at least. I think they're going to beat RSL, and I think they will beat LAFC at least once in one of those two games because Portland-LAFC games are always super, super entertaining. They're, they... It's, it's on the verge of being a rivalry, honestly. They're, they've kind of always gone at each other like that ever since LAFC joined the league. So I do think Portland gets six points from their next two games, and then they should probably beat Miami after that. All right, let's head south down the West Coast to LAFC, as you just mentioned them, playing Portland. They're seventh in the West, two points above the cutoff line. They have three straight wins, uh, as well as a 3-3 draw to LA Galaxy before that but a 2-1 to one loss to Vancouver before the LA Galaxy game. Their next 
three game, four games are Portland, San Jose, Portland, LA Galaxy. What are your thoughts on LAFC? And I like the fact that you tied in your will they make the playoffs. So I want you to say whether or not you think they'll make the playoffs after your analysis. I, after the analysis. Okay, let's dive into the wonderful world that is Los Angeles Football Club. They had that win that I don't want to talk about over Sporting Kansas City, beating RSL and then beating Austin. Whoa, 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 I whoa, whoa. Made, what was that? What was that win? What was the score of that game? They beat Florida Kansas City. Um, what was the score? What was, what was the score? Four, uh, <laughs> four, four nothing. Right, four nothing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Beat so down. We're not. Okay, I've had the, I've died on this hill and I will stay <laughs> dead on this hill. But LAFC, I think, man, it's been a good stretch. I, my heart still wants to think that Vancouver is going to make the playoffs. I, they have a shot. It's really far out there, but I, my heart still thinks that Vancouver coming back home, Minnesota, which we'll talk about them. Kind of just spoil that one, I think. But they're in a crapshoot as well. I, man, they've been on a good run. They've been scoring a lot of goals. That's the one thing they got going for them, scoring three goals, four goals, three goals. Problem is they allowed three goals to the Galaxy, allowed two goals to RSL. Um, they scored two against Austin. Man, I don't know. If, if you're allowing three goals a game, especially against San Jose, which San Jose, you could probably allow five goals and you'll still win. Um, San Jose again, Minnesota, Vancouver. Uh, I... Man, I think this attacking, I I don't know if I'm too sold on this because if you look just like at the his, just the way their season has progressed, either they're getting hot at the right time or they're just in this really weird funk of scoring a lot of goals. And I feel like every team can do that. You can go through a couple, especially with that talent, you can go through a nice funk of scoring a lot of goals and then it's going to slow down eventually. And without Diego Rossi, which Josh is a wonderful highlight of him today, which was funny. Um... I don't know if I'm buying LAFC. <laughs> I think they're going to get cold. <laughs> that sounded like a sound button, but it was actually Josh laughing. Um, I'm not sold on him yet. I think it's just the attacks bouncing their way, and I think they're going to get cold, and I think it's going to cost them. Um, so that's a negative on the make the playoffs on my train. Josh, what do you think about LAFC, a team that – if you had told me five months ago that we were having this conversation, I probably would have said you were crazy because they were getting picked to do the domestic double, win Champions League, set the world on fire. And now we're talking about if they're even going to make the playoffs. So what do you think about LAFC's recent run of games and what do you make of their upcoming stretch of games to end the season? Yeah, they're clearly on fire right now and there's no better time like the present. Uh, You know, September is crucial in terms of that playoff push, because this can roll over into October and then obviously into the playoffs into November. Um, part of it though, is their schedule, right? Part of it is their schedule. They've played some, you know, pretty easy teams, Austin, RSL, uh, you know, sporting Kansas city. I mean, come on. <laughs> I had to throw that in there. Uh, no, but I will say that that was a pretty impressive win over SKC, right? Um, they got the job done at home in a game like that. And looking at their upcoming schedule, you know, like we said, they've got Portland a couple times and they've got the Galaxy, which we all know is it's always a crapshoot. Like you never know who's going to end up winning that game. And oftentimes it ends in a draw. Um, man, LAFC are such an enigma, right? They are still so good on paper. And even uh, I've been reading about their 
like their underlying numbers, their underlying statistics recently. And they're still a good team on paper. They're still a very good team. The numbers say they're a really good team, but for whatever reason, they just cannot get the job done. And what really concerns me over these last couple weeks is the amount of goals they conceded. Now, outside of the Sporting Kansas City game, when they were able to keep a clean sheet, which is weird, uh, they gave up two to Vancouver, they gave up three to the Galaxy, they gave up two to RSL, they gave up one to Austin. And it always feels like at any minute, LAFC can have this stupid mental lapse on the defensive side of the ball and just concede a goal. And not having Eddie Segura is a big blow for them because he was their rock on that back line. So... Because of that and because of how tough their schedule is, I'm not entirely sold that they'll make the playoffs. I do think they will make the playoffs, though. I think they're going to sneak in. If anything, I think they'll be the seventh seed, and I think they'll get knocked out in the first round. Unless they're playing Sporting Kansas City, that is. Because we all know... (laughs) We all know Sporting Kansas City is not the best team in the West, which means they won't get that bye week like Seattle will. So... If my prediction holds true about LAFC getting seven seed, they'll face Sporting Kansas City, and they could probably win that game. But I am expecting LAFC to to bow out of the playoffs like immediately. I I don't see how they can go on a sustained run, and they they look like a team that doesn't really have the confidence. One small caveat though before we move on, Christian Aranjo, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. They're signing from the summer window a striker. This is the first time I feel like in a actually ever. Except maybe uh, Diamande. Uh, that LAFC have had a, a true number nine striker. Because, yeah, Diego Rossi scored goals. Carlos Vela has scored goals. Brian Rodriguez, you know, he's, he's done some stuff. But they're all doing that from the wing or from a central area. But in terms of having, like, a pure striker, I feel like LAFC have always kind of lacked that. No disrespect to Danny Masovsky, of course, the GOAT. But... Uh, <laughs> Christian Aranjo could be a game changer, and he's been on fire as of late. So maybe maybe he's the push that LAFC need to get in the playoffs and possibly go on a run, but I'm not entirely convinced that they'll be able to do that. All right, let's go from borderline as southwest you can be in MLS to as northeast as you can be in the west. Minnesota United started the season off abysmally, just catastrophically bad. They fought their way back into the playoff picture. They're still outside currently. They're two points out, sitting in eighth. They've had two losses in a row, uh, a win against Houston, uh, and then that really bad week we've talked about, I think it might have been on the last episode. No, it would have been two weeks ago um, that we talked about last show. They face LA Galaxy at home next, then Houston, DC, and Dallas uh, in subsequent matches. What do you guys think of Minnesota? Obviously, they've gone on that late season push. Do you think that this momentum will carry them into the playoffs? Or do you think they killed themselves killed themselves too much early to really get into the playoffs and push for that playoff spot uh, that's probably going to come down to them and maybe even maybe LAFC? I think Minnesota United is in big trouble. And we did talk about this on our last episode Um uh, they had they played you know what was it like 150 minutes 120 minutes up a man and they came away with two points across two games brutal brutal if you can't find a way to win at least one of those games if not both those games then you're probably not good enough to make the playoffs and it's funny because at the beginning of the season when they lost their first four games of the season 
I'm pretty sure that's the statistic that was used with it is no team has lost their first four games of the season and gone on to make the playoffs in MLS history. It is a little different now because seven of the 13 teams make it or whatever. However, uh, I'm not convinced by Minnesota. And I all I keep hearing is about how all they need is Bebelo Reynosa and Robin Ludd, and then they're good to go. Like, that's all they need. But guess what? Those guys are they're not playing right now. They're injured. And they might come back for this game against uh, the Galaxy, but they might not. And if your whole team's success is predicated on just two players playing together and being in the lineup, you're probably screwed. Because who's going to score these goals? Who's going to set these goals up? If you cannot win with a perfect example of this is Atlanta United. They played without Joseph and Miles, and they still crushed the second team in the East at home. And Minnesota couldn't even win up a man, and they had Reynoso playing in those games. So I am very concerned for Minnesota. Personally, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think it's too late for them. And even though their schedule coming up is somewhat forgiving, you know, with games against Houston and I guess Dallas, uh, Austin in there as well. I I don't know. I'm not convinced by them. I don't think they can get the job done. And I think there might be some talk about Adrian Heath getting fired at some point because it's been five years now. And while they did go to the Open Cup semifinal, Open Cup final a couple years ago, lost to Atlanta, and they did go on that pretty impressive run last season. It kind of feels like he's not getting enough out of this team. This is a pretty solid team, but if they still feel like they can't do anything without Robin Lud and, you know, Bebelo Reynoso, then maybe it's time for a new coach. Who knows? Drew, what do you make of Minnesota, like Connor said? Do you think it's too late for them, and do you think they had too big a hole at the beginning of the season? I Obviously I do, but what do you think? Yeah, I think when all is said and done, they're going to look at the beginning of the season and, like you said, the situation where they were up a man for a while and only got two points out of it. Um, I'm not sure I'm on the Adrian Heath bandwagon like you are. I think taking them to, what, 15 minutes away from an MLS Cup, they were right there in the Open Cup final. I think... Give him about a season and see how he starts next season, and then we'll see what happens. But I think when all is said and done, I think they're going to be outside the playoff line, and they're going to be looking in toward that really rough stretch where they played teams that they should have won, should have beaten, but did not. Um, yeah, rough stretch for them. I'm trying to pull up exactly who they lost to. But, yeah, I think they're going to look at this red card fiasco, in the beginning of the season, and you look at the end of their schedule, Sporting Kansas City and the Galaxy, I think theirs are going to have to be... I think it's going to come down to pretty late in the season, and they're going to look at SKC and Galaxy and need pretty much perfection out of those two games. I don't think they're going to drop points at some point. I don't think it's reasonable to expect beating SKC. They get SKC at home, but then they go to the Galaxy. So I think it's going to come down late, and those last two games are not very forgiving for them. That's going to cost them. So not I think I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, I think they're going to end on the outside looking in, just trying to get by that rough start to the season and then sacrificing possibly what you got two points where you could have gotten six when you were up a man. I think they were up a man at home too against Sporting Kansas City in a nil-nil draw. 
Um, yeah, they were up at home. So you have that. You get nothing out of it. Seven shots, 24 shots, and no goals. So I think they're going to look at this season as a missed chance. Um, they had a strong battle there to come back from the big hole. We got really excited about Minnesota United, trying to see if they were going to be the first ones to do it after losing four straight, but kind of spent off the road there for a second, and I think – it's just too much to ask for them, especially with those last two games being Kansas City on the road. It's Kansas City and then LA Galaxy on the road. So I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to end up at that. I might even say they'll be the last team out. I think and Vancouver's making a late push. I could eight or nine. I could see them ending up at eight or nine, but I don't think they'll make the playoffs. Josh, I don't think you gave us your prediction for whether or not they make the playoffs, although I feel like we probably know what you're going to say. They're uh, not making the playoffs unsurprising uh and i feel like maybe in uh, as you just mentioned drew vancouver if we do another version of this in a couple weeks i feel like they'll probably be on that list despite the fact that they just fired their coach let's do our goals of the week players of the week and games to watch who wants to go first for their goal of the week because actually you two will go first because both of you went with your own clubs and are biased and should have included. We probably should have had all three of my players' goals, but that's neither here nor there. Who wants to go first <laughs> for your Atlanta United goals? All right, I'm actually, I'm actually going to change my answer. Um, I did put down Barco's goal against Orlando City, which was awesome because he made a dude fall to the ground, which was fantastic. And that's the kind of play that we've been begging Barco to make since he joined the club three years ago. So good for him. But I think I'll go with Michael Barrios's goal from last night uh, against Portland. That was ridiculous. I don't Did either of you see that goal? Disgusting. But I don't know what the goalkeeper was doing. It was a great shot. You'd still like him to get a hand on that. Yeah, fair enough. Like, it was a good goal. It was a good goal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, he scored from a, very, a brilliant angle. The angle is what's, you know, that's what's so impressive about it. So, yes, although probably should have been better goalkeeping. I mean, this is MLS after all. We we get bangers, baby. Bangers nonstop. Because the goalies suck. Drew, you are... St- <laughs> If you couldn't hear that on the audio, Josh just uh, shushed. Uh, <laughs> we don't need me. to talk about the defenses and the goalkeepers, okay? We can just focus on the, the glorious goals we get to witness. And all that matters is the highlights. All that matters is the highlights. Drew, I assume you're sticking with Atlanta instead of Josh and changing yours up last second. What is your goal of the week? I am going to stick with Atlanta, one of my beloved 14 clubs in this league. I went with Arujo's goal against Cincinnati. He cooked like five defenders, left foot brilliant, hit hit off the keeper's fingertips, but I didn't get enough on it. It was a good goal. First goal for Atlanta United, if I'm not mistaken. And he's been really good lately, so good to see him finally get that one, and it was a good one. So I went with that goal against Cincinnati. Connor, you took the obvious one. You saw, you you psychopath, you decided to talk about murder on the podcast because that's <laughs> what happened on the field. Tell us about the time someone got killed in an MLS game. was just bullying. Uh, very reminiscent, I just thought about this now, of Lionel Messi's goal on Jerome Boateng. Very similar mm. sort of what happened there. 
and of course, I'm talking about Chofi's ankle breaker because my word, that <laughs> defender should have to retire. That was disgusting, unfair, and it will go down as one of the best goals this season. Um, and the finish was great too. Uh, I think it was outside of the foot, correct? No, he he did end up squaring it. He he uh, used the inside of his foot, but the way he turned his hips and snuck it past the keeper was imp- impressive. He sent that dude to the shadow realm, by the way. I'm pretty sure that guy disappeared under the turf, like he was just missing in action. I don't even know how you'd how you should or would react after having that happen to you on television, like as a professional athlete. I feel like I just have to go into hiding for a couple weeks. You retire uh, because immediately. that. It's just so, so gross. But let's stick with my player and we'll go to our players of the week because he was my player of the week scoring a banger hat trick last night where in any other week or if it were last week, all three of his goals would have been our goals of the week uh, because they were all insane. So I went with Trophy. Josh, you went a similar path to me. Who did you go with as your players of the week? Yeah, I also went with Chofis as my vote. Uh, he did not end up winning. Ola Kamara ended up winning for his hat trick for DC last night. I picked Joseph Martinez as my second option. He, you know, is an important brace for him in that win over Cincinnati. And uh, I don't know if you guys saw his goals. I'm assuming Drew did. But his second goal where he used the defender to shield the uh, view of the keeper and from the top of the box, snuck it in at the far post. I mean, that was, if you want a sign that Joseph Martinez is back, that's, that's probably one of them. So that was such a, it was such a cool finish. uh, And I felt he deserved some credit for that. Drew, how about your player of the week? Nice, nice switch up there at the last second. Keep some variety going on, but who do you got? Yes. I switched from Joseph Martinez to Rubio Rubin and RSL because while we had a hat-trick in San Jose, it was not enough as RSL won the game 4-3. Rubio Rubin got the last goal, I think it was like the 81st, 82nd, 83rd minute or so. He scored the fourth and final goal to clinch the game for RSL, so two goals for him in a game that was kind of ran by San Jose, but RSL got the last laugh and he got two goals, so I went with him as my player of the week, two goals in that performance. I want to say on the road, but that could be wrong. I'm not sure, but... A big game for RSL, and we'll stick talking about big games as we go into our games to watch for this upcoming weekend. Connor, thanks for th- I thought you were, like, mad at me. <laughs> no, that was a good Connor, transition. I like that. Thank you. Yeah, we're getting better. Okay, Connor, what was you, what is your game of the week this weekend? Uh, I, I decided to go with the Western Conference. Uh, Josh is looking at me like I'm crazy. Uh, no, I, and my pick. I thought you were the one who picked Drew's game. I th- I thought oh, it was next no. to your name earlier, so that was confusing <laughs> me. I'm just now noticing that that's Drew's game of the week. But anyway, yes, makes a lot more sense that I wouldn't pick that game, uh, or that one of you would. But we will get there in a second. My game of the week was Colorado versus Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, two unbelievable, two teams who are in unbelievable form right now. Uh, Vancouver obviously jumping up the standings uh, with some actual wins and Ryan Gold emerging as someone who's very good, uh, ironically. Uh, who would have seen that coming? Uh, 
Um, finally getting a number 10 and Vancouver are starting to wake up. So we'll see whether or not my prediction at the beginning of the season comes true of them uh, either getting in last, the last playoff spot or just missing out uh, because I think Vancouver are a good team. But let's go to Drew. We'll hold people from the suspense of who picked the very biased game, but at the same time is a game to watch. What did you go with, Mr. Hubbard? I went with Atlanta DC United. I think Josh is it in Atlanta. Yeah. Yes, it is in Atlanta. Atlanta DC United Saturday three thirty. Exciting big playoff game. Big game for playoff purposes. Um, yeah, it's big. It's huge. Um, coming off a win against Cincinnati, Atlanta's been hot, but they're still kind of on the bubble, and I think a win against DC United, a team that's also right there on the bubble. If I don't have the standings right in front of me, but they're right there, so this is a big swing potentially, so if Atlanta or DC get a win out of this, if DC were to come into Atlanta and get a huge win like that on the road, I think that would be a season-defining win for DC United as they try to sneak in the playoffs as well, and I think the same could be said for Atlanta. This is a pretty big game for both those teams as they try and clinch a spot into the playoffs or get a little more comfortable in the playoffs. So that is my game to watch this week. I do not have – do any of you guys have MLS Fantasy up by any chance? I know Josh definitely does not have Fantasy Soccer. You up. pull it up, Drew, while Josh gives his game to watch this week. Oh, I thought you already yeah, I was did. Like, Whoa, okay. man, what the heck's going on? Um, Josh doesn't get to choose. <laughs> yeah, so my game of the week is Philadelphia Union versus Orlando. And that'll be on Sunday at 4 p.m. For pretty obvious reasons for most of what we've spent on this podcast. I mean, these are two teams that they're on the struggle bus right now. Orlando, especially last two games, real rough. Philadelphia, you know, how will they uh, bounce back from getting knocked out of CCL? So I'm I'm just so curious, so curious as to how this game is going to turn out. No Nani for Orlando. Uh, Daryl DK hasn't scored in a while. Uh, since he made that sub appearance, I think, uh, a week or two ago. So now would be a good time for him to start getting back on the score sheet, probably. Orlando could certainly use it. So very interested to see how these teams kind of, uh, you know, show us their true colors in the face of adversity. Did DK not score against Montreal? I didn't think so. I thought it was uh, Robin Jansen and... I'll I'll double check, but I didn't think I saw his name. I thought it was DK. I might be I may be completely wrong. It was Jansen and Ruan. Ah, uh, Ruan. Okay. Four letter names I'm mixing up is the excuse I'll use. But Drew, have we given you enough time to pull up the embarrassing fantasy uh, yeah, standings? Unfortunately. Because both of you suck and I'm only marginally better. <laughs> You're in eleventh. <laughs> Yes, Connor. Am I? I haven't is, set my lineup for a couple weeks. Yeah, me neither. I think it's starting to show. Um, as far as the week goes, Josh is honestly doing okay. He's doing better than you, Connor. No, he's not. He has seventeen what? points. Just kidding. You have seventeen points. You're still last out of all of us. Uh, I'm in thirteenth. Last in what? Out of all three of us. In what? You're not in last because there's that one guy in weekly points. For what? For fantasy soccer. What is that? Oh, he's doing his I hate fantasy soccer bit. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, just move on. <laughs> yes, Josh is really bad at fantasy sports. Uh, Josh is in 16th out of 17th, and the only reason he's not in last is because someone hasn't set his lineup. Uh, I'm in 13th. Connor's in 11th. Man, 
Blender Daddy's Boys is in 10th. Oh my goodness, what? the drop off. I know. Remember, oh, Blender Daddy, get it together. Um, Older Goaler is in first, a Toronto FC fan. The only good thing happening for TFC this season. <laughs> Goat Breck Shea is in second, the Seattle Sounder supporter. Peachy Swagger in third, and Colorado Crapids in fourth. And I just wanted to say the words Colorado Crapids, so that's where I'm going to stop. But it's a rough stretch for us in the fantasy soccer world. And you can find all the contributors' fantasy teams on MLS Fantasy. And you can find all the contributors' work on MLSMultiplex.com as people start writing really good stuff as usual, keeping you updated on the season as we get toward the end here and getting ready for a playoff push. So visit the website MLSMultiplex.com. As always, follow the website on Twitter at MLSMultiplex to see stories tweeted. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, myself at underscore Drew Hubbard, Josh at Josh underscore Boland, and Connor at CWG Somerville. So give us a follow on social media, follow the website, visit the website for some awesome content. And as always, leave a review on the podcast. We love hearing ways of how we can improve. So please leave a review so we can learn and improve the podcast. So thanks again so much for listening, guys. We really do appreciate it. And stay tuned because we will talk to you all again next week. Thank you for listening to the MLS Multiplex podcast. Check out all of the contributors' written work at MLSMultiplex.com. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.